0: On this episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast, we have an awesome guest, Adam Earhart, who's spending shoot 12 million probably across the year on his, you know, clients cross Facebook ads. We dive into some super juicy rich ads, which really stem from having superb creative and copy that initially moved the needle versus how Facebook was back in the day. We also kind of dive into some poor ads where maybe an ad's killing it, but tracking's not there. So you don't realize it's really working until maybe 30 days later. Then last but not least, we kind of dive into how Adam, you know, mostly delegates his time running his ads versus clients ads and his kind of thought process behind it. So make sure to tune in. This one's super juicy.
1: I don't believe in sort of taking out a ton of debt or a ton of loan to grow a business. Now there's an exception and that is, If you have a funnel, if you have an ad that's performing and you're hitting and you know you're hitting through your math and through your metrics and everything's working out and you're hitting break even, you're able to sort of basically make your money back ideally within 24 hours, but if not within a week or so, I really feel you should scale that thing to the moon as fast as humanly possible. And that means like selling whatever organ you need to to get more cash, because like this may not last. So you really have to capitalize on it while it's in front of you.
2: Listening to the Rich Ad, Poor Ad podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Rich Head Poor Ed Podcast. This is your host, Zach Johnson. I'm with the one
0: and only DC. How you doing, Dylan? Doing good, man. Doing good. (laughs) Uh, Very very radio friendly there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
1: That's awesome, man.
2: Well, uh, today's today's guest is Adam Earhart. He is uh, the founder of Video Brand uh, Builder. It's pretty awesome. He's got an amazing YouTube channel, also an agency owner. And uh, has been in the marketing game for for quite some time. So the guy manages and uh, advises on over twelve million a year in ad spend. Uh, I think that's all Facebook ad spend. Um, but as you know, I think he's got his his ad agency pretty well dialed in. So if you're an agency that's like really thinking about how do I streamline this streamline this thing, and ultimately you know graduate to where we can kind of start rolling out your own courses programs. I think Adam's got a great uh, story. Plus, he's got a ton of insight into what's working right now in the world of information marketing, selling courses uh, for course creators, and uh, online professional services. So without further ado, Adam, welcome to the show, my friend.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Zach. Good to, uh, good to be here and good to chat with you too, Dylan. Yeah, man. So get
2: everybody a little bit of up to speed on what you're up to these days and uh, how you ended up what you,
1: like, doing what you're doing now. Right on. Yeah. So my path into marketing is super random. Uh, Basically, I used to be um, a pilot of all things. And I decided I didn't want to be a pilot anymore. And my wife's like, you should do marketing. I was like, I don't even know what marketing is. (laughs) And I started looking into it and immediately became just like wildly addicted to it. And that was over 10 years ago now. So really, over the last 10 years, I've just spent every waking minute as a, a bit of an obsession, really trying to figure out, all right, what are the kind of buyer psychology, the consumer behavior? Why do people do what they do and how can I influence and persuade that? And yeah, it's taken me down a lot of different paths down pretty much every facet of digital marketing and uh, and really have loved each and every one, but obviously have a special place in my heart for both that organic content creation side, like we do through YouTube and then also through paid traffic, because really there's no better way to quickly scale a business than through the use of paid ads
2: dude that's awesome man so you you get to see you know quite a bit in terms of you know uh the different different campaigns i mean you know a million a month in ad spend is is uh is definitely quite an accomplishment so kudos on that front but i'm dying to know man like let's let's hear about this rich ad break it down for us
1: Yeah, right on. So it's funny when we're thinking about like one specific ad, there's just so many that come to mind. And what the most interesting thing is, especially across, I don't even know how many thousands of ad accounts I've looked at over my career, is that everything is different. There is no one size fits all method, whether we're talking about different industries or markets niches or whatever it is, like sometimes it's going to be a static image ad, sometimes it's going to be a video ad, sometimes it's going to be long copy, sometimes it's going to be short copy. So there's nothing clear. However, the one underlying trait across all of my top performing ad accounts across all of the best performing ad accounts I've seen really comes down to quantity. It's like if you ever go take a look in different ad accounts, and I can almost tell, like you really can judge a book by its cover, how well that ad account's doing based almost solely on the number of ads that they're currently running. It seems that the best performing campaigns that we have, we're running a lot of ads, with a lot of ad sets, always varying the creative and always testing different modalities.
2: That's crazy, man. That's funny because Facebook's now going to be limiting. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: know. <laughs> I know terrible timing for this advice, but...
0: How many ads are we talking here per ad set? I'm kind of curious now, like four to five or like 10 to 12?
1: Yeah, we still like like the classic, like three, four, five ads per ad set, three, four, five um, ad sets per CBO, if we're going to run it at CBO. Uh, But we'll just run a lot of campaigns. Yeah. And we'll vary it frequently as well. Like the second that we start seeing other frequency come up, or if we start seeing costs rise uh, quicker than they used to, like, oh, man, remember the good old days, we used to like literally set it and forget it, we'd have the crappiest ads with like the red borders around them and the like all of the sketchiest spammiest things and they would dominate for like a year or two and uh and now we're varying the creative i wouldn't say weekly with every account but like certainly monthly every couple months at very least um so yeah we're going through a lot of creative
0: oh i believe that shoot yeah and the creative is a good way to kind of move the needle because yeah these days it seems like you know that creative fatigue just happens so quick sometimes
1: well what's really interesting is that like do you guys remember like power editor days when we had our spreadsheets uh, and all that? Yeah, <laughs> man. A grown, right? a, grown from the, a grown from the audience. So it's like back in the power editor days, the hardest part of running Facebook ads was the mechanics of it, right? Like, how am I going to upload this thing? How am I going to duplicate it? What am I targeting going to be? What, uh, what are my placements? How am I going to do all this? That has largely been taken away. And the complexity now has really come down to like copy and creative. Yep. images and videos and understanding your avatar and like really crafting compelling stories and compelling hooks so it's funny that we've almost had this transition where like media buying is as important as it's ever been you absolutely have to be a master of it but now you've got to be even better at copying creative otherwise it's just not going to work
0: i think you're spot on now, now with y'all's copying creative is that something y'all do in-house you outsource it i'm kind of curious on how y'all get that in action
1: Yeah, we do it like 50 50. And it's normally depending on the client. So it really depends on their understanding and their market certain clients that we've got, they have really strict regulations on like what they can and can't say. Mm. So all of our copy goes through kind of like a, a bit of a pain in the butt but like back and forth and making sure everything's fine on the other hand we'll have some clients that are like yep just do whatever you want to do and that is is typically where we get the best results because we're able to sort of draw on all our own experience and then we have clients that they want to do every single thing themselves and then we often end up having some pretty hard conversations about why this needs to change or why this isn't effective or why you just can't say this.
0: Oh, it's like if you go to the dentist and he's fixing your root canal and you're like, Hey, maybe you should do this. It's like, Well, hey, you paid the dentist for something he's supposed to be doing. So it's it's the exact same scenario.
1: <laughs> it, exactly. Literally the same. Just Novocaine excluded.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: Novocaine God.
2: Yeah. Novocaine excluded. I love it. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's Ad Card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an ad agency that manages seven or even eight figures a year in media and ad spend for your clients, and you're looking to double your profits over the next six to 12 months, then check out Ad Card. See, the typical agency model is this you charge 10% of your spend, and you make 10 to 20% margin at the end of the day. So that's really 1 to 2% of your client's spend that is profit in your business the easiest way to double that is to really find a way to earn in that one to two percent cash back of the card that is on file of your client's ad account and before ad card what you had to do was invoice all your clients for their ad spend up front which is really difficult on a cash flow basis and very difficult ask and then you had to put the card on your own amex or whatever card of choice to get that level of value back into your business. With AdCard, it's entirely different in streamlined. You simply get your clients on AdCard and make yourself the agency of record, and you'll get the cash back as long as you're managing the ad spend. It's a great way to double your profit without doing any additional work. Check it out at FunnelDash.com. So what's not working, man? I want to hear about, a, I want to be. I want to hear about an epic fail, man. Break, a epic down, a, fail break down a poor ad for us.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, the, the best example that, um, the best example I have of an epic failure is actually something that worked that I didn't realize worked. And then I shut it off because I didn't realize the value of break even really in my career.
2: Oh, dude, what- this is, this is, this is going to be great. This is like the equivalent of like the humble brag slash bless on <laughs> yeah, Facebook. No,
1: that's right. I forgot <laughs> what I was, right? No, so, so the reality was is that I set up a campaign, and this was for one of my own products years ago, and I ran it through, and it worked, but I didn't realize that it worked because it was sort of just hitting break even, so I shut everything down and so on and so forth. Anyway, sales kept coming in. It ended up being profitable. I went to turn it back on and I could never replicate the success, ended up losing money. So essentially what it comes down to is I didn't know my numbers. I wasn't clear on my funnel. I didn't really work out my math and my break even. Like I really just messed everything up. So then it was too late. Uh, Now, in regards to what's not working now, very easy. It's the broad generic callouts it's any ad that is not specifically calling out an ideal target market or avatar or addressing a unique pain that they have so what ends up happening and this is kind of the same as it's always been but people forget that when they're scrolling through Facebook they're in line at Starbucks or wherever people used to go back before this whole thing happened and they're they're like they're out in the grocery store or they're like trying to like half watch their kids in the background they're not really paying attention so unless you like reach through the phone and like grab them by the throat you're going to lose them and so often we see these really boring ads. And if you're boring, you're just, you're forgotten.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, shoot they're seeing your ads. They're seeing thousands of others in the same spot. It's, it's never going to be a one and done or home run right out of the gate. That's for freaking sure. That's it
2: that's awesome man that's awesome
0: well, i'm kind of curious how much did you spend before you realized kind of it wasn't working and then realized it was working
1: yeah yeah it wasn't fortunately it wasn't too much we were only about i think probably 20 or 30 grand in Um, uh, but still it would have been nice to like have that carry on rather than sort of just waste 30 grand in yeah we still hit sort of a break even but then we started losing after that so yeah, never fun, especially when it's your own money. It's uh, you're, you're a lot more you're a lot more sensitive to kind of like flushing thirty grand, especially early in your career.
2: Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Speaking (laughs) of flushing money down the toilet, I want to talk about this next segment. Give us some financial principles, Adam. You know, before the show, we were talking about, you know, your perspective as and how how you think about investing in marketing for your own business as an agency owner and a course creator versus really how you have that conversation around finances with your clients and how you really encourage them to uh to to really leverage up and and scale so what are some of the financial principles that you think uh would apply to some of the listeners of the show
1: Yeah, right on. So there's, there's a couple things there. The first of which is that it's a very different mindset when you're running your own traffic and scaling your own business versus doing it for someone else. So I'm easily, easily my own worst client when it comes to running my own ads. Uh, Like I shut things off too quick. I freak out too quick. I blame things that are obviously my fault. Like I'm, I'm just a terrible client for myself. Now, With a client, you're able to take a more objective 30,000-foot view. You know what's going on. You know how things can sort of uh, oscillate and go up and down and go all over the place. And so you can sort of approach it a little more calm and a little more strategic. Now, from a financial perspective, I'm really strong, really strong belief in that I don't believe in sort of taking out a ton of debt or a ton of loan to grow a business. Now, there's an exception, and that is... If you have a funnel, if you have an ad that's performing and you're hitting and you know you're hitting through your math and through your metrics and everything's working out and you're hitting break even, you're able to sort of basically make your money back ideally within 24 hours, but if not within a week or so, I really feel you should scale that thing to the moon as fast as humanly possible. And that means like selling whatever organ you need to to get more cash, because like this may not last. So you really have to capitalize on it while it's in front of you.
2: So whatever, or you, you heard it here first on the Richard Ed Forehead podcast, <laughs> yeah, now, now expecting organs as collateral for ad capital. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. So how does that actually play out for some of your clients? Have they leveraged uh, debt? Have you, have you, like, to what extent do you have that conversation?
1: Yeah, right on. So it's really tricky, uh, especially with someone that's not an online business owner. So we've got like, there's really different mentalities um, when it comes to business. It's funny, right? Like if you talk to your quote unquote normal business, they're looking for, and they're quite happy with like 3% growth year over year or 5% growth year over year. When you talk to like online entrepreneurs, if it's not like 100% every single month, you're clearly failing and you should just give up and, and go back to wherever. So it's like, it's a bit of a different mentality depending on the scope and the size. and and the market that said if the client can be persuaded or can be informed that look we're putting in a dollar we're getting out a dollar in 28 out 24 hours um 28 days whatever's reasonable and then we're getting two dollars out 60 days after and we're getting five dollars out 90 days after and now we're getting ten dollars out like six months down the road like, why would, why would we ever want to stop this? And when you can show them the math, when you can show them the numbers and explain that to them, it becomes a lot easier for money to all of a sudden appear like other departments that weren't really being used or other marketing initiatives. And that's typically where we'll draw most of the budget from is that there's almost always some kind of bloat in any business where they're spending money on some kind of ineffective marketing that's doing nothing, but they thought it was a good idea back two years ago and they're sticking with it. So we can often find ways to increase the budget without needing to borrow more, or to beg more, or to steal more, or whatever. Dude,
2: this is gold. Right? I I love this. I mean, how many how many agencies, advisors, marketing consultants really are? You know, most of them really just stop. Right? They're like, hey, you should do this. Like, not my problem. If you if you do or don't, you know, yeah. spend more on this campaign. But to really, you know, like. Basically do creative finance, right? And budgeting and and do an audit inventory of like, hey, what are the other areas that you're investing in your business that aren't getting this level of return? Yeah. That, you know, the hey, a client, this return right here that's on their screen. Yes. Like, yeah. In, like five dollars out. Yeah. Uh, and and take inventory, like put put that on a spreadsheet, line item amount. Yeah. And it's a really transparent, it's a very real conversation. It's probably very valuable uh to uh t- to the end client i think that is it reminds me of you know um we had uh, some folks on the show uh, last week and they were just talking about like debt and investment is really more the last resort right get as far mm-hmm. as you can from a creative standpoint yes in in the in the sense of their the context there was like no money down business acquisitions right they're like let's see how far we can take this negotiation without you know taking on any any debt or investment and then we'll use debt, like the you know to get us over the hump yeah and i love this exercise of take inventory of every other part of the business that's not getting this level of return and how can you reallocate expenses before you even kind of have the next conversation which i think is is debt and investment. But what do you think comes after that, Adam?
1: Yeah. Well, first, even before then, like the beauty of having that conversation is that you're aligning yourself on the same side of the table as the business owner, Mm. as whoever it is that you're running traffic. So you're building this absolutely incredible level of trust where they start to see you as a fiduciary or as a trusted advisor or as someone that I can almost guarantee they've never had this kind of relationship with an agency before. No one's ever really cared that much about their business and about what they're getting. So everyone wins. Like you're going to look better, they're going to look better, they're going to make more money, which is going to make them like you more, which is going to have them refer you more, which means you're going to stick around for a lot longer. So it's like the the value of this really can't be oversold. Like this is an incredibly important thing. So after that's done, once you've sort of like got every last penny from every other section of the business that you can think of and you still feel that there's room to grow, then yeah, it really just becomes a question of comfort levels. So it's like this is where I want to figure out like what my um, cost per acquisition is and how quickly I'm able to sort of break even. And am I looking at 24 hours? Because if so, Then the floodgates open. Like we'll just we'll bring out the credit cards. I'll bring out my credit card. Like we're all in on this one because we're getting we're getting our money back in like 24 hours.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna take up on that. You better be careful. We're gonna start (laughs)
1: all these maxed out cards. God, oh, this is gonna be an awkward conversation with the wife, but yeah. Anyway, once those are done, then it becomes a question of figuring out all right, cool, are we not breaking even in 24 hours? Because then we've got to look at 28 days, and then we gotta look at 60 days and 90 days. And the more confident you are in your funnel and in your or kind of uh, approach beyond simple ads. Like if you're able to acquire someone at, I don't know, say 10 bucks a lead, five bucks a lead, 15 bucks a lead, relevant. the point is, is like, all right, cool. Do we know after six emails and um, 50 bucks of retargeting ads and a couple SMS follow-ups, like that's where they convert. And the more that we know that and the more clear we are, That's when we can really, again, sort of extend the amount that we're willing to pay and extend the time frame we're willing to get paid back. So it becomes a bit of an accounting nightmare and and everybody's got to be a little more comfortable. But if you've already proven yourself effective, then you can just start to kind of dip your toe in, (coughs) pardon me, dip your toe in slowly. Adam died. <laughs>
2: Adam literally just died. <laughs> too many YouTube, too, too many YouTube videos for Adam. His voice just gave out. Oh, and there, you'll there.
1: never hear from him again. Oh, it? Remind me never to record like five videos before doing a podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is absolutely incredible. <laughs>
1: that's that's the real and rawness of the world we live in. So <laughs> oh
2: my gosh. <laughs> I love it. We we could do all kinds of fun things in post here. Um
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm okay for the record. I'm 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 back.
2: All right, man. <laughs> that's so good. I love it. So so I mean, we're like, you want to finish your thought
1: there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 For my voice, like literally just totally cut out. I think that's really it. It's it really just comes down to knowing your numbers and then making the client feel comfortable. By yeah. actually being on their side—that's really what it comes down to. Um, I was given this piece of advice like a decade ago, and it was: if you treat your client's business as your own, you really can't go too wrong. And that's sort of a something I try to convey, however, in the least cheesy way possible with every new client. Mm-hmm. It's essentially: hey, when we start working together, your business—it becomes my business. It's like there's nothing I would do here that I wouldn't do for myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah.
1: Adam, <laughs> you're you're a machine, man. You just like oh <laughs> oh man Roy, Roy out. grabs some water we're back on <laughs> it, <laughs> I love it
2: dude. well you've been amazing guest on the show I feel like we've just cranked through all this stuff and you just dropped some knowledge bombs here tell everybody a little bit about what you're up to next how we can support you on the show and uh, how we can get in touch
1: Right on. So for me, I think that one of the single most underutilized tools available to us as entrepreneurs, as marketers, as business owners, as agencies, as whatever, is video marketing, whether we're running it through our own ads, whether we're running it for our clients. Uh, so the big thing that I'm focused on right now is really helping people create more videos. Now, I believe they should first be put on YouTube because it's simply the best video platform available. You can be discovered through search, through discovery, through suggested, lots of options there. But once you've got that video, you can splice and dice it and put on other networks as well. So really, the best thing I'd advise people to do is yeah, just stop by the YouTube channel, say hi, leave a comment. Uh, if you want to have a chat about sort of getting this deployed in your business, then feel free to reach out as well.
2: Well, there you have it, man. Thank you so much, Adam. You, um, you absolutely crushed it. I my appreciate absolute it.
1: absolute pleasure. You guys are awesome. So happy to happy to be here. Thanks for having me on
2: so much for listening to another episode of the rich ad poor ed podcast if you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go go ahead and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify youtube and richadpoored.com slash podcast and if you absolutely love the show go ahead and leave a review and a comment share with a friend if you do take a copy screenshot of it email me zach at funnel dash.com show me you left a review and i'll give you a free copy of the rich ad poor ad book to learn more about the book go to richadpoored.com to leave a review, go
0: to richadporadcom slash review. Thanks again.